It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders. I don't care what LT on YouTube says. That song almost, almost makes me feel just a little bit better about doing this episode right now that otherwise I just have no interest in, in recording based off the way that the Steelers looked yesterday. It was uh, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. It's going to be a tough one here. I think we're going to have some... Yeah, yeah. It's I'm I'm, I'm excited good. to see what the comments look like on this one specifically because I I think that everybody everybody can identify with that things aren't good right now. Like right, just that yeah. general statement, like everybody can agree that the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers isn't good. But there's so many different opinions as to how high that level of blame goes, who all falls into that blame. When things look this bad, I, hey man, there's enough blame to go around, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually feel like. Maybe like most of what I've seen from from fans so far, kind of under sells how bad of a game that was. Like, I, I'm just gonna hey, I'm just gonna go right here. I'm just gonna light the match. It off. We're, gonna start, we're gonna start. How many of the 30 points that the defense gave up to the Houston Texans would you say are the fault of Matt Canada specifically? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, how, I how say many three of those just because 30 points. To the Houston friggin' Texans are are on the offensive coordinator here. I mean, like, I get it. I get that he's the the punching bag for for everything. But like, there's 53 guys on that team and 13 coaches. And like, other than Brad Wing, I ain't got a good thing to say about any of them. So like, there's my. Yeah, I, I like to think of like three stars of the game, right? Almost as if it's like a hockey game. My three would be Chris Boswell because he didn't miss a kick. Uh, Brad Wing for the job he did punting and as well holding. And I thought Najee Harris had some, like looked okay considering. Okay, Najee was fine. I actually saw yeah. Najee Harris uh, come through the locker room today with like, you know, you could kind of tell like with a little like, kind of like back hurt. Back was hurting. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you you can kind of, you know, you can kind of see. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. It was not a. There's not a good performance to be had on either side of the ball. Outside, I mean, it's it's pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly. I feel like these day after game podcasts have been an absolute roller coaster for us. <laughs> I mean, you look at this is very similar to Week One, probably a little bit worse because of the opponent it was that they lost yeah. to. But it's like. You looked at the two weeks that were in between. It was like almost, okay, you looked at the defensive performance from week two, feeling like maybe you saw a little bit of something from the offense in week three. Now here we are again in week four, taking several steps backwards as a team. And it's one of those losses that, at least for me, Alan, and I think that a lot of people in the fan base will resonate with this, it's so much more than just one loss in the loss column. Like It, it just like it feels like so many things for them just collapsed from underneath them yesterday. It's... I'll say like we'll save save some of this for later, but uh, I'll say like that's so, that's by far the worst loss they've had in a, not just like this year, but like in a really long time. Um, like that's not a good team. Like the 49ers, I think we can maybe we can go back and forth at exactly how good they are, 
But like, let's acknowledge the 49ers are a good team. Weird stuff happens in week one. Even the Browns, like the Browns have a really good defense. Not looking great against the Browns is not some kind of death knell. That's a bad Texans team. They're probably going to finish in last place in their division. Like, they're not good. And they beat the – like, 36 kind of undersells how much of a beatdown that was. Like, the Texans kind of let the Steelers hang around for longer than they deserved to. Like, they oh, yeah. probably should have been out of the game earlier than they were. I mean, that the possession where Kenny gets hurt on that fourth and one, they have a chance to make that a one-possession game on that drive. Like, they in, there was no reason. Down, they go down there. there and score a touchdown. The Steelers should win the game. Like, I, I kind of hinted to it. I was like – I think if you want to be very charitable for the Steelers and they're not giving us any reason to do so, I think you can really look at the sequence of events of that game and talk yourself into it not being that bad. But I'm not sure we're there yet. I think we need to like break down all the things that went wrong first. Yeah, I mean, let's like on on the coaching side of things here for you know a first year staff in Houston. I they just mopped the floor in my opinion uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers staff. And you look at what Bobby Slowick had to work with there with that offensive line situation. I mean, I I they I don't even know. I, I was I thought by the end of this game going into it. TJ and Alex would be able to tell me exactly what type of cologne and deodorant CJ Stroud was wearing. I mean, they like I know Alex not a sniff to uh to line up with your uh <laughs> analogy there quite well. Yeah, yeah. I thought that Slowick had the perfect game plan, understanding the personnel that he had and understanding what was on the other side. They picked him apart. I mean, it was clinical. It it was not like the Steelers didn't tackle very well, I didn't think. Um, but it's not like guys were like flailing and missing. Like it, it was not, um, you know, just horrendous football by the Steelers defenders as much as it just was a clinical picking apart of the Steelers defense in ways that were like pre Like if you're Bobby, like you said, like. This is a guy who, who has dealt a hand that you can only play one way. Like, there's no, like, they weren't going to come out and throw the ball 70 times. Like, you kind of knew the only way the Texans could win that game was to establish the ground game, get in good down-distance situations, and let Stroud thrive on, on that. Like, that's the only way for that team to win that game. And they did it so easily. Like, mm-hmm. say, I, I don't know. If CJ Stroud needed deodorant, I don't ever feel like he broke sweat. <laughs> like he was just chilling back uh, then. Like it yeah. was, it that didn't even feel hard for the Texans to do that to the Steelers defense. And yeah. I think that's the real concern to me. You know, we talked a lot this offseason about the pieces on the Steelers defense being a little bit mm-hmm. mix and match, right? Where they have kind of like maybe some heavier guys if they want to go play the Ravens this week. Like, oh, it's probably going to be a lot of a Landon Roberts. Going to be more Keanu Neal. Going to see um, maybe more of, of the nose tackles or, or another game, you know, like a Bengals game, right, where you might see more of uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Peterson and, and DeMonte Casey and, and guys like that. I think the Texans really, I think, did a good job of exposing uh, exposing the flaws in that plan. They spread the Steelers out and they ran against them. And the skinny looks couldn't tackle. And then the Steelers tried to play the heavier looks and they threw on them. And it was, it was very, um, it, it, like I said, it was easy. Like it was just outside zone. Here you go. Oh, three, four yards every time. 
Um, you know, the, the, Mike Tomlin said after the game, like the line was, the, the pile was falling forward. And like, that's a dumb thing to care about when your team gets beat 30 to six. But I just felt like it was indicative of like every little thing was going the Texans way. Like they were just getting everything they wanted every time. And uh, man, like, and to me, no one reasonably expected this Steelers offense to be great, right? Like we did not think, oh, this is a team that's no. going to go out there and put 40 points on the board at week in and week out. No one picked Kenny Pickett to be like a Pro Bowl quarterback, right? Like th- this was an offense that I think we all knew was going to need some time to come together. There were going to be some growing pains. It felt like a unit that's like kind of still a year away, right? From arriving at what they still possibly could be. The defense, on the other hand, is old. It's experienced. Now, there are some new pieces being put together, but like this should be the unit that is leading this team to victory, and it got dominated by a rookie quarterback, a first-time offensive coordinator, a first-time head coach with five backup offensive linemen, and like with all due respect, like Ain't nobody out there in this league shaking about facing Damian Pierce and Tank Dell either. Like, those are players that I like. Like, I think they're fun young players, and I'm, like, excited for their careers. But it's not Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey over there. Like, these are just okay eligibles with a rookie mm-hmm. quarterback. Like, there's just – it's it's – if the Texans can do that to the Steelers' defense, then every NFL team can do that to the Steelers' defense, basically. Yeah, and Nico Collins as well, who was the one yeah, that re- like Nico, really lit Nico them up. Yeah, Revan Jordan. Yeah. Like what? Like, I mean, Dalton Schultz is a good player, but like, come on, like, what are we doing here? Like, every team has a player at least that good. Um, I it almost. I mean, does it feel to you like this defense is exclusively built? I mean, we know how important getting home is, getting the pass rush. But if that pass rush isn't there for one game, like it, everything else just seems to fall apart on the defensive side of the football. You cannot allow mediocre teams with bad offensive lines to run the ball against you. You just can't. Like, it can't happen. And they did. And that, that's, you know, it's not like, I mean, Pierce had, what, 80, 85 yards? Like, it's not like it was like 150 yards rushing, but it was more than enough to keep Stroud from ever being in a position to, that he had to throw the ball. Like, he never got into third and long. And um, I thought that the screen game was a weapon for them. Uh but again, those things you don't, you're not calling screens on second and 10, you know, you, you call screens on second and five, you know? And, and mm-hmm. I just thought that, that all of it started with the inability to stop the run. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a team that's very well built to play from behind on both sides of the football. I, I, I think that like that, that's, that's very clear, but the defense cannot be that susceptible to the run. And, you know, to my first point, how much of the defense do you want to blame Matt Canada for? Defense is on the field a lot in the first half. They come out in the second half, the Steelers ran the ball really well. First three drives in the second half, the Steelers were churning time of possession. That defense is well-rested. And after the, they give up the fourth down uh, where Pickett gets hurt, they drive right down the field and end the game. Like, that, like the, the defense wasn't tired then. Like, they, they weren't tired on the first drive of the game when they hot knife through butter right down to a touchdown. Like... It, it, yeah, like there, there's, there's no excuses for it. It, it I mean, I understand. This is, I, I think maybe this is not a defense that has like outstanding personnel at every spot, 
if there's a lot on the shoulders of guys like Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and Mickey Fitzpatrick to make big plays. And if they don't make them, I, I don't know. Like that, that was a butt kicking. Yeah. Well, I, the reason that I say that is just because I don't know that they employ a, a secondary that can cover for long enough if that pass rush doesn't get home. Um, of course, you know, with stopping the run on the defensive side of the ball too, but specifically in terms of on passing plays, if the pass rush doesn't get home, you know, I just don't know that they, you know, they're, they're corners. And we can have a conversation about that too, because, you know, people, the conversation about Joey Porter Jr. seeing more time, I think, is only going to continue to ramp up. Yeah, I mean, I think Joey Porter needs more playing time. I don't think that he needs to start, but I think we need to start seeing him take some snaps at outside. You can rotate corners. Like, it's not like tackle where you, you got to play one or the other. I think we need to see mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, I think that's, that's past due for that. But I don't think... He's not some kind of like catch all solution. Like he's not going to be great right away. Like that, they have to find a way to be better schematically. I, I, I don't think it's, I feel like this is more an X's and O's loss for the defense than it was. Like I said, like I didn't think anybody had like five missed tackles. I didn't see like guys running uncovered through the defense, missed assignments, busted coverages, guys falling down. Like you didn't see players losing. I think you saw a defense as a scheme just get decimated in that game and that's really concerning yeah and in terms of stopping the run i mean that's been a thing for years now with them being unable to stop the run and them not finding a solution there one solution that seems to be and again it's not going to be one guy that comes in and solves it all but man i I, like three weeks in a row now we've been calling for brain fajoto to get a helmet to at least be some type of solution he's got to play i don't understand why he didn't play he should have played in this game he absolutely has to play this week against baltimore he's their best run stopping defensive lineman for a defensive line that has not stopped the run all season uh, it just—it's no brainer. I—I don't—I still don't understand why he hasn't been playing more. I—I I, I don't get it. You know, this mix and match defense is putting a lot of pressure on uh, when you don't have like guys that are just—I I think we've, I've made the—it's the fantasy manager analogy, right? Would you rather have two uh, average wide receivers who alternate having good weeks, or would you just have one? You know, do you want do you want two guys who are either twenty-five points or five, or do you want one? consistent 15 point guy right well if you have you have the 25 points or five then the skill falls on you the manager to make sure you're playing the right one at the right time i feel like that's where this defense is running into trouble is that they have talent and they're not getting the right talent on the field at the right time um because they're not managing it correctly not playing Braden fahoko i feel like is one of those aspects there are a number of them when you see a landon roberts 15 yards downfield with that big old five zero staring at the quarterback because he's running his butt off backwards to go cover somebody that that tells you one 50 shouldn't have been in the game right there like that's that's what it tells you like that's that's like that's the wrong thing like i i think we're you know the the the, the steelers have somehow defensively schemed to Minka Fitzpatrick out of making big plays, you know, that they're trying to use him all over and it's not working. They're not getting anything out of their best player on their defense or one of their best players on their defense in terms of impacting the game. I'm sure that the ball is not being thrown to the guy he's covering as, as often as it would be if somebody else was there, but he's not able to be Minka Fitzpatrick. Like I think they're, they're, I really feel like the defensive staff is dropping the ball in terms of the deployment of these players in a significant way. 
led the team in tackles in 2021. He's on pace to break that number in 2023 with the amount of tackles he has so far this year. That absolutely should not be the case. You mentioned this team not being built to play from behind. You feel like on both sides of the ball. Well, at least in terms of offensively, Matt Canada, the guy running the offense, agrees with you. He said as much to the announcing crew that we had uh, for the game uh, yesterday. Uh, let's So let's switch the conversation out of the offensive side and, and just go from there. Six points in this game, another game not having 400 yards. They have yet to produce 400 yards of offense in Matt Canada's 39 games as offensive coordinator. Every other team has done it at least four times, just throwing that statistic out there. Alan, I, we talked about Najee Harris. Is there? There's nothing else from the offense that they showed yesterday to really even like pluck a positive out of, is there? I guess the run blocking would be the other thing you could kind of, but man, I felt like a lot of that was just nausea doing it as, as I agree. Dang self. Yeah. Like not like they were, they were gaping holes. I like some of the scheme things they did with the run. They did some trap, um, which we haven't seen a lot of so far. Um, so like, I think some of the run stuff was good. My big thing about the offense and the off is, is two things. One, um, they still cannot start a game to save their life. Uh, it is just mind-boggling to me that you can come out of a week of practice and say, here's our best plays. These are the ones we like. These are the ones we feel good about with our players for this matchup. These are the ones we want. They're the ones we practice the most. We're going to call these at the beginning of the game, and they suck every single week. It, it's It should not be possible. It is absolute failure as an offensive staff for that to happen. It cannot happen every week. It just can't happen. And I really think in this game specifically, like things get out of hand quickly in the NFL, if you're not playing very well and the Steelers couldn't keep it in hand, right? The defense goes down and gets scored on uh, offense, turns the ball over defense goes down and gets scored on again. And all of a sudden it's 10 points. And we just talked about this team not being built to come back from behind. Well, you know, and, and then, you know, I think some other stuff starts happening to the offense at that point where um, I think they get away from the run a little bit too much. It's understandable when you're down 10 points, but I, I do think they got away from the run and the, the rest of the first half a little bit too much. They, to their credit, went back to it early in the second half. And that's the only reason it was a game, right? With those two long drives. And then, but you know, when you can't throw, it you know as as the field gets that's what's going to happen to an offense that can't throw right you can work the ball between the 20s but when the defense starts to get condensed in the red zone if you can't run if you can't throw it's going to be really easy to defend the run and that's what happens and so they get, go down long drive field goal long drive field goal long drive they have to go for it on fourth down Kenny gets hurt you know it it, it just looked like an offense that could not throw the ball uh, some of that is scheme some of that is play calling some of it is Kenny Pickett was awful. I don't have a better way to say that. Like he was mm -hmm. another really, really bad performance. He was running himself into, into pressure. He was missing open. He, he was, he was not finding the open guy in the scheme that, you know, there's what he throws the ball away on and Darnell Washington's in the middle of the field. Like the guy's six, nine, like you can't miss that. It's like missing a pine tree. Like, you know, uh, and the, the other one, uh, Allen Robinson, double covered on the goal line, Connor Hayward wide open in the corner, yeah. you know, like mm -hmm. those have to be, th those are plays that have to be made. Like I can't, it's just not good enough. And then the play that he gets hurt, you know, like he, he needs to stay in that pocket. There's no reason for him to leave the pocket by turning his back to the play 
uh, you just it's it's bad quarterbacking, and it it got him hurt. Like, I, you know, Broder Jones is standing there, like, what am I supposed to do? The quarterback's on the wrong side of the block for no good reason. Like, you know, like that. It's, you can't do that stuff and and be successful. And so, um, I've said, and I think I've been um pretty pretty steadfast in this the only rational source of anger about matt canada is whether or not he does a good job of developing kenny pick everybody hates the play calls always in every offense under the sun you hated every other offensive coordinator Steelers have ever had two and they won a whole bunch of super bowls with a bunch of them the play calling is fine it's not great it's not inspired no one's like copycatting it there's plays out there to be made, but if he can't develop Kenny Pickett as a quarterback, nothing else matters because he can't do the job if he can't do that, period. That, that, that's it. We have not seen that development from Kenny Pickett. Now, if you want to feel better about this week, I don't expect there to be any downside at all to Mitch Trubisky playing. In fact, I think he might be better. Like I, yeah. My expectation is that the Steelers will get their best quarterbacking of the year this week with Mitch Trubisky playing, and I'm not – saying that i'm not trying to bash kenny like he hasn't been good enough it's doesn't like uh, it's bad it's bad alan you mentioned uh the way they come out in games this isn't just the first drive but first quarter drives in general they have more that end in a turnover than they do touchdown with those numbers being 15 turnovers 13 touchdowns since 2021 i mean that is a very damning stat uh, as far as Trubisky, I actually wanted to bring up this point because it was something that I thought about um, and I posted this on X. That's still weird for me to say um, I, it, in the short term, right? Going from Kenny to Mitch, there's not, in my opinion, a drop off in what they're going to give you on the field. If anything, like you said, you might even see an elevation in quarterback play from Mitch this week. But I think what you're losing is is meaningful reps for Kenny, right? Because you're trying to find figure out if this is a guy, if this is part of the solution going forward, or if you got to say, man, we got to scrap it like we're, we, we are on the search again for another franchise quarterback. And that's what you're losing with any amount of reps that Kenny Pickett doesn't play. Yeah. I saw Kenny in the locker room today walking, you know, a bit gimpy, but no big bulky brace or anything like that on his knee. I'm not going to try to pretend to be pro football yeah. doc guy and diagnose somebody from watching him walk through the locker room, but it, it, mm -hmm. it certainly was not a guy who looked like his season was over, uh, you know, oh, uh, yeah, right all the parts were still in the correct order and they weren't being mechanically aided to be there. Right. So that's a good start. Uh, mm -hmm. But man, like he's got to be so much better. And I, and I, you know, I will say this and I, I, are we ready to hear this? I don't know if we're ready to hear this. We're going to go here, but like, I do think you can just talk yourself into like that game getting out of hand and then the team being unable to come back. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't win a game where like a bunch of random stuff doesn't happen, right? Like, you know, Kenny can't turn the ball over there. Yeah, okay, it wasn't a very good throw. Uh, it probably wasn't a good decision. Um, but, you know, ghost uh, personal foul penalty on Minka Fitzpatrick on the first drive. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, right just, before the Texans scored their third touchdown of that drive. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. scored for the third time, right? That, that that comes through. There's another one on on uh, Pat Fryermuth the other way, coming right after that on offensive pass interference call that was just totally out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, look, bad decision and bad throw aside, that ball is probably not an interception like 85% of the time. Um, you know, like 
normally that just gets batted down or it's, you know, a combat catch win. Um, I think George Pickens had a very good game in terms of coming up with the balls that he normally comes up with. Like, it's hard to sit here and say, like, this is George's fault because they're low percentage catches, but that's George's whole thing is being the guy that catches the low percentage passes, and he did not do that in that game the way he normally does. Like, there's just a lot of stuff that happens, and then the game gets out of hand, and the Steelers just are not built to come back from it. But that doesn't mean that, like, they would lose that game. Like, they could have won that game. They just can't get behind that much that early. And, you know, even but even after they come behind that much that early, all they need is Kenny to stand in that pocket and throw the ball on fourth and one, and they might still win the game. They would certainly still have their starting quarterback. Like, yeah. and so, and there's... um. It's really hard. I think when you have this much going wrong, it's honestly really hard to talk about any one thing for too long because everything else starts bleeding into it, right? I mean, like that's that's part of the problem where Nick wrote uh, at SteelersNow.com, go read it. The Steelers have an everything problem. And that's that's really the, the yeah. facts, right? And then I wrote, well, that means I have a head coach problem because that means that Mike Tomlin's not good enough. I mean, that's like, if, if you have a problem, if you have that many problems all over the place, uh, then either your team just stinks and you have no good players, which I don't believe to be the case. Although, I mean, we do need to talk about like the number of injuries at this point. Uh, Dan Moore lost on the first drive of that game. Didn't come back. Doesn't look great. Kenny, obviously, uh, you know, down, uh, DeMarvin Leal missed the fourth quarter. Um, I feel like there was another one in there too. Um, yeah, Pat Frambooth, right. So, I mean, like, look, like, let's have a conversation about the offensive weapons with no Deontay Johnson and no Pat Frambooth. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, I mean. Uh, you know what? I almost want to pick the phone up and call Chicago and get Claypool back in here. <laughs> no, I think the last thing this offense no, needs I'm is, joking, is I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Personality, but the player? How about this? Like, let's see what New England wants for Juju. Like, can, can we do that instead? Because, like. They they do they they need another playmaker. They don't don't like too much is being put on Calvin Austin's shoulders right now. I said coming into the year, like I, you know, I thought he would have a small role and he'd be good at a small role. This feels like too much for him right now. Like that sh that ball shouldn't have been intercepted. It wasn't a good pass, but he shouldn't let that get intercepted either. Uh, George, look, it's just you know, he's a good player. I love George. Like he does things that make my jaw drop all the time, but he is not a dominant number one receiver right now. He is not that guy. He's mm -hmm. not Stefan Diggs or Justin Jefferson. Like he's not that good. And there's nobody else. Like Allen Robinson has been uh, invisible most of the time. I think partially it's the, the team's inability to find him. Like Kenny, Kenny just doesn't find him, but uh, he, he's not making an impact. Pat Farmuth. Yeah, you, you needed me to tweet out that he was hurt because otherwise you would just think that he was just in the offense and not being used like he had been the last three weeks anyway. Um, you know, like he hasn't done anything all year. Um, and, and so I don't know, man. It's 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 an offense that that is that has a ton of flaws, but I do think the injuries now uh starting to pile up in, in a pretty significant way in terms of just there's only so many good players and, you know, you're playing out without Cam Hayward on the other side, Deontay, James Daniels, Fryer, like 
they're not in a position to be absorbing that kind kind of negativity outside of quarterback. It's one of the places where they are really deep, but uh, you know they're not deep enough at, at wide receiver and, and and on the offensive line. You know, really with that offensive line they were playing with for for three quarters of that game with Nate Herbig in a guard and Broderick Jones in a left tackle, like. It's not surprising to me that I mean I, again the play where Kenny gets hurt is Kenny's fault, but like that it's not surprising to me that's the kind of line that gets your quarterback hurt. Like that's not good pass protectors right there, left to right. It's just not. Yeah, I agree. Alan, can I can I act as the uh the since I represent the fans anyway? Can I act as the spoiled Steelers fan? Yeah, of course. Or what, what was Mike's uh, uh, uh what was Mike's quote? Oh, uh, fat fat sassy and spoiled. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Well. Good news. I don't, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever described you as sassy before. Maybe you <laughs> can give us. Maybe you could give hey, us sassy. After that game, I think there might be a little bit of sassy that could come out. Um, again, understanding that this isn't all on one person, and I know that you know Matt Kennedy gets enough blame as it is. But when you talk about the sample size now, again, 39 games, about to be 40. I would anticipate that isn't the change that Mike Tomlin is talking about when he says that there are going to be changes. And uh, you know, I'm not. And I and I want to preface by saying I hate these types of people that are like this. But without the fan base of a team, the team doesn't exist. If I, I think that it's fair to say, while most people, everybody understands that there is a problem, I think most people are looking at Matt Canada as being you know public enemy number one. Is it a disservice to the fan base that he is still employed at this point as the offensive coordinator of this team? Well, I don't think. I mean. With with due respect, like the, the fan base in in that regard can't really matter. It's about what's going to be the best for the team. Um, I really want to do some more research into this. Um, I mean, that's that's going to be my 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 work tonight and tomorrow morning into how often teams change coordinators in the middle of the year and have to go with a coordinator from outside their organization and end up better off for it. My gut feeling is that that almost never happens, that you make that move and you don't end up any better. There is not another offensive coordinator inside this organization, period. I would agree. I guess, I guess from at least my perspective and also just trying again to bring the, the general fan into this conversation is what is lower, you know, like, does it matter if it is, if they, if it isn't, where they're at right now like how much lower can they get from where they are right now uh it's not about what's lower it's about what's more likely to get better right like are you more likely to get better working within the same system that you've been working in and just fixing some of the things that are wrong or are you more likely to get better by throwing the whole thing out and starting over it's really hard to change what you're doing as a team in the middle of a football season. I mean, there are going to be like 20 reps for the first team, live reps between now and next week. Like you can't do anything with 20 reps. Like it's really hard to week to week, like start to introduce new concepts, let alone come up with an entire new offense. Like at the very most, you're going to put in like 10 new plays a week. Like that's, that's like really pushing it. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I have a hard time getting my head around outside of maybe the bye week, there being enough time in a week to make any kind of meaningful change by replacing a coach. I will say this. I think 
you could bring in someone from the outside, uh, get a new set of eyes on things. Maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't, but there's no downside, right? Like, you know, go, yeah. go, 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 go get your hands on Byron Leftwich, right? And, and bring him in the building and uh, say, <laughs> we want to see what you're seeing. And, and, yeah. you know, how can, how can we be better? Like, there's no downside to that move. Um, there's no downside to Mike Tomlin coming over and saying, hey, I might call some offensive plays this week. I don't think Mike is built to be an offensive play caller, but, uh, that type of involvement from the head coach. He was a wide receiver. Like I, I think we over talk about how he's like this defensive guy. Like he knows offense too. Um, that's that's reasonable. Uh, th- those are changes that I think you can make. Um, you can fire a, a position coach if you really think it's all like Mike Sullivan's fault and he's just that's the reason Kenny's not developing. I'm not saying that's what I think. I'm just saying if that's what the team thinks, then fire the position coach. You can do that. Um. I think replacing a coordinator from the outside is really hard. And I don't see an inside option that makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, a lot of times what teams do is like, oh, we're, we run this kind of offense. So we're going to fire our coach and hire this other guy who also ran this kind of offense somewhere else. There's no Matt Canada offense coaching tree to pull from other places right like it's not like you like it's not like oh oh, you know we we had a former shanahan assistant we fired him so let's hire another former shanahan assistant and see if they can do this job like that's Mm -hmm. that's not what the steelers have they don't have i think i feel like the the ravens have done that a couple times where they've just like gone back into their past and like hired an old guy mid-year to like try to get through there is no old guy running this offense anywhere there has any experience running this offense uh, if you're a Pitt fan, you remember what happened when someone else tried to call Matt Canada's plays in 2017? It did not go well at all. Like, it was horrible. Now, maybe Sean Watson is just a horrible offense coordinator, but, like, I think that's – it's hard for me to envision things getting better that way. I think it it, it would make people feel better that, that action was done. Yeah. But in yeah. terms of, like, the team getting better – I have a real hard time seeing Matt Can- uh, Mike Tomlin coming out of his press conference tomorrow says Matt Canada is fired, blah, blah, blah is going to happen. And Sunday against the Ravens, they score 40 points. Like, there, that's just not going to happen. And I think that might be where the discrepancy is because, like, obviously the team trying to win every football game as possible, I think as fans, a large portion of them would sacrifice some wins if they knew it meant real change happening within the coaching staff. Yeah, I just don't think that's the way that any team is ever going to approach it. Like they absolutely, yeah, they want to make the playoffs. Like and like, look, they're two and two. Like it's not like the season is yeah. over. Like that's a horrible mm-hmm. loss, but they're right where probably a lot of people predicted them to be right now. Except flip the Houston and Cleveland game results, right? I mean, if you just look at the wins and losses and not the the way they got there, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think two and two this point of the season would have raised some preseason panic flags, right? Like, it's not like they're 0-4 and it's like, oh, let's go get Caleb Williams. Like, that's off the table. Like, this team's not going to be that bad. It's just that they're really showing that they can lose every game they're in. And that's that's problematic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we will pick up the conversation tomorrow. I think we're probably going to talk about a lot of the things that we did talk about today. Obviously, Tom on Tuesday will be tomorrow. Hopefully, get some updates on these injuries and stuff like that. But, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. At A Saunders underscore PGH, at PGH Steelers now on 
Twitter, X, whatever, SteelersNow.com. Uh, subscribe. Use the code Allen10, 10% off. Uh, Derek's got some dudes and duds in there. I'm going to write something probably today or tomorrow in there. Uh, Derek's going to have some film coming. So uh, lots of good stuff. Uh, good stuff from the trip. I'm tired. I need to sleep. I need to sleep and rewatch oh, this no, game uh... and then think about it. No, um, no smokers or anything like that in the back of any vehicles. No, you know, like it's a, it's not a great like tailgatey place. I don't know. It was, it was, I was underwhelmed by the entire Mm. experience. I like Houston. That's the first time I've ever been there. Nice city, um, but the stadium area is weirdly antiseptic. Wasn't a big fan. Gotcha. All right. Well, I am Zachary Smith, PGH. As Alan said, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, comment down below. He did have some really good barbecue, though, to interrupt. Well, see, that's, yeah, there we go. That's I mean, this is at a restaurant, not, you know, tailgate, but I I didn't go to Texas and not get barbecue. Let's just, let's just set the record straight. Yeah, I think that's important. I think we would have gotten a lot of comments about that (laughs) happening if you didn't, so... Glad to set the record straight there. Speaking of comments and setting records straight, I'm about to play our outro music, which is awesome, LT. So we're going to play that again. Get us to 10,000 subscribers on YouTube so we can play the full version. I know LT will really enjoy that as well. When we Oh, I got to say who the jersey is not. Uh, oh, the yeah. jersey is not. Hmm, let's see. It is not Dan Moore or Broderick Jones. Oh, it is wow. Neither okay. left back. Not the Neither. not the most recent first round pick. That could have been, could have been a popular one. Critical. There you go. All right. All right. Well, uh, also if you're listening somewhere else, leave us a five star review. Do all that good stuff for us. We appreciate it. Check out the site. Alan, Nick, Derek, everybody else providing great work over there. Uh until next time, for Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers afternoon drive. Mm-hmm.